A year ago, um, Jeff and I lost our very close friend, uh, John Crabb, and I believe he was down here at a time playing the piano when there was another elderly gentleman that, and uh, it was one year ago tomorrow, so in honor of him, uh, he was a good friend and uh, one of the most blessed men I've ever, ever met in my life, and I happened to live with him for almost 20 years or next door to us. Uh, we made an apartment for him. I thought I'd preach a message uh, about him, something about what was special to him. So I, w- I would like you to just turn to First Thessalonians 5. And by the way, he, it's funny, uh, he always brought people up just like Artie did just a minute ago to sing like that. And he would play the piano and he'd get everybody around the piano and they would play. And, it was a, and, and, and also, Pam, he loved to laugh. He said, if I couldn't laugh, I don't want to live. That's, what he, that's exactly what he said. Uh, I think uh, part of it was laughter had to stop there in the end when they wouldn't let him out of the rehab center and he couldn't see anybody. Couldn't talk to anybody because he's a people person, so it was uh, one of those things where he said, stand with me if you would. We're going to start reading at verse, uh, let me see, uh, verse 9, and we're going to read all the way down to verse 25, and we're going to focus on verse 18. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly and love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Now who... Who exhorts you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men, see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to, and boy, don't miss that, to all men, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not the prophesying, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you also who will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Um, brethren, pray for us. Brethren, pray for us. Hey, listen. Before you st- sit down, why don't you just go to somebody right now and just say, I'm very, very thankful for you. Before you sit down, just tell somebody near you or whatever, just say, I'm very, very thankful for you. We're already running late, so take your time. Don't worry. <laughs> Pam, I'm thankful for you. Yeah. Amen. You may be seated once you've done your thanks. And uh, I'm very, very thankful for this church. I'm thankful that God brought Jeff and McYoung and his family into our lives. We were uh, with them and the girls at lunch today and the grandkids. And I think about all the years of the things that we've done together, even though we haven't been together all those years. But 
uh, phone calls and meetings and stuff like that. All right, the verse is, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God, right? This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning who? Not up high enough? No? Let me put it over here. Any better? No? Yes? All right, sorry. I'm one of those wimpy little New Yorkers, you know, that don't have the loud voice. <laughs> Anyways, Paul concludes this epistle with a lengthy list of injunctions for the church. Do you notice that? He uh, warned them that are unruly. Uh, this word unruly translates as those who are disorderly and divisive. Basically, that's all it means. In Greek society, it referred to people who weren't faithful to show up but still wanted their desires to be filled. Sound familiar? <laughs> Uh, comfort the feeble-minded. That's uh, the thought here. Could refer to those who are faint-hearted, uh, but it more likely refers to those who have limited abilities and need some extra help. In other words, uh, someone to come along may have to carry them for a while. Support the weak. That word translated as weak refers to those who are weak uh, from infirmities or from sicknesses, and we are to support them. Be patient to all men. Uh, we are to be long-suffering and patient to everyone as God has been to us. Don't render evil for evil unto any man. It is not our place to seek revenge restitution. I hope you all know that. Uh, we are not called to be vigilantes of justice. Uh, that's God's area of expertise. Our job is not to be someone's Holy Spirit. Our job is to lead them to Christ and, let, and then help them keep their eyes on Christ. That's the whole purpose. Uh, one of my daily prayers goes something like this. Father, use this worthless worm to preach and teach a wonderful Savior. Turn their hearts to you and away from me, so Jesus is all they see. Um, and we are also to ever follow that which is good. And Jeff says this a lot, Brother Jeff, uh, your pastor, but I, we say it a lot up home too. Do, always do the right thing. You know, just always do the right thing. Ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. So we are always to do the right thing. Sometimes that thing isn't easy. And then it says, rejoice evermore and pray without ceasing. These are, these are two of the attributes of our brother Crab. All of these exhortations are pretty standard Christian instructions. Would you, would you agree with me? Pretty standard. And I would say um, these are the basics for Christian living. They're his reasonable expectation when it comes to living our lives by faith and building his church. But then we come to verse 18. In everything give thanks... Say it with me. And everything gives thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. This is the one verse in the Bible that is not so easy to me. Um, I, I remember one Monday night um, a few years ago watching the New York Giants play uh, the Dallas Cowboys, the Giants wide receiver, if you know him, Odell Beckham. Yeah, he, uh, he made one of the most incredible one-hand catches I've ever witnessed in my entire life. I'll never forget it when I watched it. And if I hadn't watched it, I would say that catch was impossible. If I did not see it with my own eyes, I would say it was impossible. And once being a football player myself, I, I remember watching that catch and instantly saying to myself, that can't be done, but it was done right before my eyes. I just saw him do it, and it didn't seem possible. It reminded me of this verse. I remember when I first read it and saying to myself, this is not possible. And this is the verse that Pastor Crabb 
it changed his life. Can you imagine that? When he's, I think it was a 14-year-old boy, and he told me, and he said he read this verse at a service, and you, you have no idea what God would, did with this man. Uh, do you? I can't remember the evangelist name up in uh, uh, Canada. He was just as famous as Billy Graham at one time, and I think he's in his 90s right now. Uh, would have been, and uh, he was making an impact up there. Well, guess who his plan, piano player was? Pastor John Crabb. And I think it was like at, uh, he wasn't a pastor then, he was only like 16 or 17, 17 years old, and he asked him to travel with him, and he, and he went with him. So how do you give thanks to him for suffering? How do you give thanks to him for sickness or struggles or tragedies? Uh, but then after witnessing believer after believer go through the most horrific events that anyone could ever go through in ministry for 25 years, and then hearing them give thanks for it, it really changed my life. I mean, in a way, you know, uh, that I, I didn't really see it happening because they meant it. You know, on my ministry page right now, if you go there, lordsaveme.com or lordsaveme.org, I think it is, uh, you'll see a man on there that died in 2010, given his testimony, he was full of cancer when he gave it. Just as happy as could be uh, about what he had. If you have time, I just suggest that you go there and just watch that. It'll give you a, a, a new perspective, I think, on how grateful this man meant. I remember my sister-in-law uh, giving thanks for her cancer uh, before she died, that, she, she, that, that would take her life. She knew it was going to take her life. She said, here's what she said. She said that knowing her time was short was a blessing to her and that it would motivate her to do some things she should have done when she was healthy, like tell people how much she loved them. And, and actually had me speak in a Catholic church <laughs> and give the gospel. So, <laughs> and she meant it. I really, she really did mean it. it. It is my opinion that this instruction for God to give thanks and everything could very possibly be the greatest feat uh, of our faith in our lives. I really believe it is, more than any other instruction given to us by Christ, including loving your enemies or turning the other cheek or, um, or forgiving those who have wronged us. Um, in everything gives thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Why would this statement be the biggest challenge of our faith? Well, because you're all going to go through a lot of things that are going to be very, very hard to go through, uh, and everyone goes through them. Uh, it's not, you know, no one's exempt from it. Nobody goes through their life without some sort of a big, hard tragedy in their life because everybody does go through it. But I want to share with you just some points here. Well, I don't want to keep you late because you're almost uh, 8 o'clock right now. But I think it's one of the biggest challenges, number one, because it's a very demanding command. Notice I said command. It's a very, <laughs> very demanding command. In everything, he says, give thanks in everything. Uh, God wants everybody and everything, uh, or wants everybody and everything to give thanks to him for anything that comes your way. Because the truth is, he either allowed it or he caused it. Uh, giving thanks is an external response coming from an internal gratefulness for, the, for an eternal God who loves us. i got to read this because I can't even get it. And had mercy on us and sent his only son, begotten son, Jesus Christ, to save us by dying for us. So in everything, it's a command that includes all people. It includes all circumstances, whether good or bad, painless or painful, profitable, unprofitable, favorable or unfavorable. Giving thanks to God for whatever comes our way surely challenges our faith and gives us plenty of anxiety 
and uh, apprehension because some things we have to endure are not always easy to endure. It's, they're not always pleasant to go through. We think maybe Jesus could do that, but how do I do that? But according to his command, I have the ability to give thanks for everything. Sickness and health, riches and poverty, pain and pleasure, good times, bad times. He says I can do it through him. So this means I have to give thanks for the things that I like and the things I don't like. And it's not always easy, is it? But according to God, it's the only right thing to do if you believe and trust that he is in complete control of everything in your life. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And I, I wrote down here, you may not be happy with your situation, but you can rejoice in your situation and be thankful for the situation, all because of Jesus Christ. You know, it's, it's a really humbling and sobering thing to preach this message, to be honest with you. Because every time I ever talk about this, it, it really is self-convicting. Having him alone is enough to give thanks for everything. Amen. Just having him. Uh, he may allow you to go through pain and suffering, but if you believe God, there is, a, there is deliverance through Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, God will bring you through it and out of it, and, and good will come out of it, and glory will come to his name. According to what the Bible says, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Can you imagine how your life would have changed if you knew what was going to happen before it happened like a tragedy? It's, uh, there's a movement going on right now to erase the bad parts of our nation's history. Oh, excuse me. To, to erase it. Uh, the irony of that movement is they're trying to erase the bad memories to ease their conscience. That's all they're trying to do. But the truth is, we need those bad memories in order to see the goodness of God. Amen. We really do. Who brought us through it? And we'll bring us through it. I mean, our country's gone through a lot. And you should remember every part of it, you know, to how we got to this point right now. We'll be giving thanks for all of eternity because of Jesus Christ. Amen? So his and laying down his life for us so that we may, we may as well just start thanking him right now and get used to it. Amen for everything. Here's the, other, here's the second thing. It is our biggest challenge because it comes with a divine confirmation. How many, how many times you heard somebody say, well, I don't know if that's, the, is that the will of God? Here's a direct divine confirmation, right? This is the will of God. You say, well, you know, I always want to know what the will, well, here it is. Here's one of it right here. Give thanks Amen. for everything. It's not a suggestion. It is a command. Um, it's not a, uh, or, it's a, or it's not a consideration, right? This is from God himself. Uh, it's a command backed by his authority. So as a disciple of, G of Jesus Christ, you cannot excuse yourself from doing it uh, because this is the will of God for you. So it's almost like an order. This is what I want you to do. He said, I want you to give thanks for everything. Not an option. This is what I want you to do. Give thanks for everything. And we all know how hard it is sometimes uh, to know what the will of God is for our lives. But when a command clearly says this from the word of God, what his will is, we really have no excuse not to obey it. We must do it. It's not always easy. As believers in Christ, we have no right to be angry. We really don't. We don't have any right to be unthankful. Many times the things God wants us to do can be very challenging to our faith. Uh, uh, they can be especially challenging to our flesh, but the command has a, 
indisputable cause. What are you doing? Well, you're fulfilling the will of God for Jesus' sake in your life. That's what you're doing. So think about how important that is when you're out in the lost world by giving thanks to God for everything. How much, when you think about it, you know, we are, I'm a soul winner. You know, I like to share the gospel with people. But if I go out there like miserable or being forced into do it without giving thanks for every minute of doing it in front of the people that I'm trying to win, what, what are they looking forward to? Unlike many other roads that God leads us down, this one cannot be excused because we just don't want to do it. This is clearly the will of God and must be done to fulfill it. Nothing could give you a happier ending than a relationship with Jesus Christ. So why not give thanks for all the things that come with that relationship? One of, one of which is learning how to be thankful in everything. Um, this is the reason God can expect us to give thanks for everything, because he gave up everything for us. If we had nothing else but him, that's all we would need to be thankful. So we're not uh, letting God achieve in us his will if we're not willing to give thanks for everything. In fact, we're, we're actually breaking one of his commands uh, when we don't. So you may not know the reasoning behind what God's doing or why he is uh, doing it, but you can be confident God is using it for his glory and for your good. You, you always can. Until you take your last breath, you'll always have a reason to give thanks in everything because of Jesus Christ. The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life, Job said. And, the, and I think about that. And the Son of God came to rescue me and give me eternal life. So I have a lot to get, be thankful for. I got a lot of blessings in my life. And we're going, we've been through a rough two years, me and my wife, uh, with a lot of things that's going on, but no rougher than anybody else, such as common to man. You know, everybody goes through something. So our biggest challenge is because it's a, a demanding command, it's an, and it's a divine confirmation. This is the will of God. Now, thirdly and lastly, right, give thanks is our biggest challenge because it has a direct concern. It says concerning who? Take that finger of yours and just kind of point it back at yourself. It's concerning you, right? It's concerning me. God wants you to give thanks. He wants every single soul who professes Christ as their Savior to give thanks for everything. So the question tonight is, is are you giving thanks for everything? Uh, notice I did not say, are you thankful for everything? I cannot honestly say I'm thankful that our... Um, Molly, our little granddaughter, uh, God took her home an hour after her birth. But I want to tell you something. We were all giving thanks to Christ for her, for just having a, an hour. That's all we had with her. Uh, I don't know if I shared with you before when this happened. We, uh, we, uh, they called us into the room. My daughter was going to birth, and she had to give, she had to give birth as she was going to die. And... Um, so she birthed it, and my, and my daughter was right out of it then. They just had, she was on IV and all that stuff and right out of it, but we had the baby. So she really couldn't understand everything that was going on at that time, right? Jade was, but took that little baby, and, uh, and my hope, my, uh, her, all her siblings were there, and her, and her husband, and we passed the baby around. I can't surprise I can get through this right now. We let everybody, you know, pray over and take her, and then I took that little baby, held her up to the sky, and just dedicated her back to the Lord because I knew that in a few moments she was going to take her last breath. I think 
His wording here is vitally important to understanding what he meant. I may not be thankful for my affliction or my ailment, but I can give thanks to Jesus for it. I really can. This means not even though there will be things. Uh, this means that even though there will be things that come your way and that you didn't ask for or certainly didn't hope for, and would never have chosen to go through, uh, you can give thanks for them because of Jesus Christ and what He did for you. I don't deserve one day on this earth, everybody, and I know that. You know, I don't deserve anything that I have, and I know that. And He gave me in His grace all that he had and I, I don't to this day I don't understand it and I can't put my you know I can't like wrap my arms around it it wasn't so much a fear of hell because I, I deserved that I know that that wasn't the problem but to know that a God in heaven loved me anyways and gave himself for me I couldn't understand that I can't, couldn't get a grasp on that that he would love me that much to do what he did for me and then give me everything he has it's all yours he said you know after that so I, I don't like to suffer. I'd be the first one to say I don't like it. But I want to tell you something. I am so grateful for every day I have right now to serve him and to, in whatever way I can. So if, if something comes your way that you didn't want it to happen, you are not a hypocrite if you're not happy about it. But you can be questioned for your faith if you're not giving thanks for it. So if you're thankful to Jesus, then it's important to God that you say it, not just feel it, so others will look to him the same way. Um, in Psalm 18:49, it says, Therefore will I give thanks to thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. You know, God wants to hear you verbally give thanks among the heathen. He exalts Jesus Christ and the pain God had to endure and sacrifice in his own son. Right? He... Uh, it, it just it just brings uh, elevates Christ's name or lifts him up when we're giving thanks for everything that we go through. This is the will of God concerning you. So when God hears your uh, hears you giving thanks, even in the worst time, it pleases Him. Why? Because it acknowledges Him and what He did for you personally. It just brings all the glory right back to Him, who's the most important one. This all makes sense, everybody. You know, I'm not really preaching here. I'm just trying to help us in, in a time when you go through things that are really hard to go through. Uh, whether the circumstances you're facing comes out to your advantage or disadvantage does not change what you know is true. Um, that we, and we know all things work together for good, right? We know that that's true. So God knows it will not always be easy to give thanks, but we should make it our goal to always give thanks. Let me say a few things here. I, I will... If you, if you could say, I, I used to tell, um, when I did marriages, I don't believe in saying I do. Uh, I, like, I like the word I will. Right? I, I do, you know, when you answer the, the lines, you know. Do, I like, I will do it, you know, because I want to see a commitment there that says, you know, in the thickness, in the hard times and the good times, and through death or sex or whatever, I want to hear you say, I will uh, continue to love my spouse, but... I will give thanks to the Lord for whatever I have, don't have, for whatever is given me or taken away from me, and whatever makes me happy and whatever makes me sad, all because of Jesus. I will give thanks to God for everything that brings my, he brings my way or allows to come my way for Jesus' sake. I'll thank him for the promises when the doubts overwhelm me. I'll thank him for the provision when, when my needs aren't being met. I will thank the Lord for his power when my strength is almost gone. 
I will thank him, the Lord, for his plans when my plans aren't being met. And here's the definition of authentic thankfulness. I am completely content for whatever he does with me and wherever he places me, no matter what it costs me, knowing Jesus will always be with me. I can completely trust him with my life and with my death, enough to give him thanks for everything that happens in my life. So thanks be to God, which giveth us what? the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, at the, at the conclusion, if you look in, in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, at the conclusion, conclusion of his teachings to the Corinthians about grace and giving, Paul's overwhelmed to the point that he says, thank God for the unspeakable gift, the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. His, conclusions, his conclusion was there are no words that adequately express the wonder and value of that gift. In other words, what he's saying is, when it comes to Jesus, I am at a loss for words for what he has done for us and given to us. The cross was such an unfathomable act of love, well beyond our capacity to, uh, to understand it, let alone describe it. It's just an unbelievable gift, you know. Um, it says, for God commanded his love towards us in that while we yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, how do you, dem how do you, that demonstration of love was absolutely amazing, wasn't it, on that cross at Calvary? For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, that any man should boast. You know, giving thanks takes away all the boasting and acknowledges all the blessings that we don't deserve. That's what it does. Pastor Crabb was amazing at that. Everything he gave thanks. And he had a lot, to, a lot of struggles that he had to go through, but he gave thanks for everything. He prayed about everything. I can just imagine that probably right here, he prayed with many of you here in this church over something I mean, he's one, he's one that taught me when somebody asks for a prayer request, you just pray right then. You just take right in, get right into it right then. Um, and no matter who it is, if it's a young child or if it's an old person, they say, will you pray for me on this? I certainly will. Let's go to prayer right now. Most of us can look back and remember one special present we received at Christmas time. But as we grew up, the gift that once was amazing is no longer appreciated or treasured as it was previously. And it's a tragedy when this happens to Christians in regards to the greatest gift they have ever gotten in Jesus Christ. I was going to preach tonight about living in the overflow. I, I was I had a message all designed for that tonight, and uh, and I just got thinking about it and uh, thinking about Pastor Crab and and I'm I'm a little you know I'm, just to think about uh, the years that I had with him and the years that Jeff had with him and and after the years of being a Christian, right? And sometimes we risk uh, the most wonderful gift for, or take the most wonderful gift for granted, and we lose the joy of our salvation. Are you glad you're saved? Amen. Man, you should be really thankful for it. Uh, the antidote to prevent this loss, I guess, of memory is just to keep giving thanks. I, know, does, I don't know about you, but every day when I wake up in the morning, I get up usually about 5 or 5.30. I spend the next three hours... I, I quoted that wrong, and I said I prayed for three hours, and a brother came up to me on Monday and says, you know, I'm not there yet. I said, I and I wanted to say, it's not all prayer. It's some meditation, and there's other things that are involved in that. But everything I t go to God in in that morning hour is all prayer, and it starts off with thank you for saving my soul Amen. and making me whole. So that simple act of expressing thanks for what was freely given to us protects us. 
And what it does, if you just keep thanking him, it protects you from all the ingratitude and reminds us of our salvation was not an entitlement. It was a gift undeserved. And if we just keep just giving thanks for it, there was, there was nothing we could do or have done to receive what we got through Jesus Christ. So just keep thanking him, and that gift just gets all the better through the years. It's a gift that just keeps on giving. If you just keep on thanking him, he deliberately used that gift, that word gift, by the way, and that's to clearly describe what salvation is in regards to mankind. It's a gift. It's, uh, it's, it was purchased. Right? When I think about that, take heed unto, thyselves, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God. I took that literally as a pastor, which he hath purchased with his own blood. See, gifts always cost somebody something, and uh, they must first be purchased before they can be given away. Now think about it. Jesus Christ went to Calvary for us, and it cost him his life. He purchased our salvation, and he did it by shedding his own blood to forgive us our sins. He completely paid man's full price for, his entrance, for our entrance into heaven. Um, gifts are also personal. You know, when you, when you buy some, a gift for somebody, what do you do? You, you write their name on it. Somebody who thought it out, usually when they specifically bought you something, well, God did the same. God's gift was for the world, but it was more specifically for you, each of you personally. So when you're presented a gift, you have to personally receive it in order to have it. Your name is always written on that gift. I shared with our young new convert here uh, the other day. I said, uh, I took a dollar bill out. I was in the front over here, and I just showed him a, a dollar. I said, if I give you this gift, and I want to give you this dollar, I just decided in my heart this is yours. I can't tell you how many people that I helped come to Christ through this illustration. I said, when does it become yours? And, and the answer is, is when you reach out and receive it, when you take it. And uh, I, I, had, uh, I used to work for my wife uh, at, when, I, when my, job, my business shut down. And I remember uh, people would come in. I'd share with them the gospel. I'd say, I got a dollar bill for you. I want to give it to you. And they, most of the time they'd say, oh, no, you have to get No, no, this is yours. And I would share with them the gospel, and then I'd put the dollar. I said, well, if you're not going to take it, I, I just, you know, I, it's, I'm the one that's giving it to you, so it's always going to be yours, so if you don't take it, I'll have to put it someplace until you decide to take it. And I would put it on the shelf behind us, didn't I, honey? And I'd leave the dollar bills up there for people when they come back in. And, and one, one day, one, well, it happened a lot, but one day this one man came back in three weeks later and said, give me that dollar bill, I'm ready. And I gave it to him, and he, got, he received Christ. He became the most important man in our church for almost 20 years. Isn't that amazing? Deacon helped us uh, put the addition on the church and everything else. But he had to think about it and get it registered in his heart, what it meant to receive a gift from God. It was a personal thing that he, decision that he had to make. And it's also precious, isn't it? Gifts are precious. Um, gifts are always precious, especially when it comes from someone who loves you. But God commanded his love towards us in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, when I, I wrote down here, when a person realizes that they are sinners not deserving of heaven and they see the love of God for them demonstrated on the cross and receive the privilege of having that gift, it becomes very, very precious, doesn't it? It's just a precious gift. 
God is not willing that any should perish, by the way. Don't let any of those false doctrine teachers out there tell you that he is. Because there's nobody out there that he didn't die for. Atonement for the world, it really was. So repentance is the simplest form of simply changing your mind, you know, going one way, and you're just repenting of your sin and just change your mind, you're going the other way, and you're believing and accepting Christ and his gift uh, for your life. And I can, I can tell you this, and you all know this, I'm not preaching, I'm true, preaching to the choir right now. <laughs> Once you receive that gift, you're thankful the rest of your life. Uh, we shared the other night at uh, Pam's table, I don't know how anybody could say I received Jesus Christ and not give their total life devotion to him the rest of their life, Amen. to serve him with their whole heart. I, I, um, there's no other way to show God how truly thankful you are than to put your trust in Jesus. And that's just not for salvation, but that's for everything that you do. I was, when I got saved, um, I, I, was, I was home that night at 2 o'clock in the morning. I just want to share this and I'm done. And I was 2 o'clock and I had been searching for a year. And I remember, and uh, I was in front of the TV, I was, I, I was reading Acts 16, verse 30, 2 o'clock in the morning. I couldn't get this thing settled. It was keeping me up. The Holy Spirit was dogging me down. And I, I just had to know what this meant. And, uh, and uh, then Acts 16, 30 with the Philippian jailer and, and the, uh, Paul and Silas. And what must I do to be saved? And that was the question I was asking. That night, there was a Christian preacher on the radio or TV. And, and just as I read that, he says, nothing that you can do, it's all what he did. And just like that, the proverbial I call it, light bulb went off, and I understood exactly what God was saying. Got down on my face. I started weeping. I was like a Muslim, praying over myself, uh, praying uh, God would, you know, uh, save me and take me out of this sin-cursed world. And, and the next day, I was an entrepreneur. I had a sign business, and I had people working for me. The next day, I went right into, into work, and I was going to win everybody in there to the Lord. I had no idea what I was talking about. And I was just sharing with them, and then I was going to lead my family to the Lord. And I remember saying right at that time, right at that time, Lord, this is what I know I want to do the rest of my life. Went home, and I took all the rock music uh, records, and I trashed them, threw them out in the trash. I, I had a room full of trophies from high school and uh, took them all off the walls, threw them in the trash. It didn't mean anything to me anymore. And the reason I didn't is because now for the first time in my life I understood what it was to be truly thankful. Amen. 